Oh, and here we go. We are absolutely packed today on Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It's great to have you in. Uh, Plenty of stuff to hit on today. A bit of a quiet week in the NFL. We got no Thursday night football. We got Wednesday afternoon football, something that we don't usually get. Um, But it is great to have you with us. I'm Mike Guido. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. You have us every Monday and Friday uh, from 2 to 3 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. Uh, jam-packed show today. A lot of opinions here. Uh, <laughs> here's, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to hit on today, but uh, I do want to remind you that uh, Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts. That's American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website. That's LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You'll see it. It's going to be right there. There's an ad on the upper right side of the page. You click on that. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. They're not all legal everywhere. So you pick among those gaming sites. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those gaming sites. You pick one. Okay. You sign up and then you instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, uh, and then you get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, okay, let us um, let us begin with this. We'll make picks at the end of the show, obviously, that we do at the end of every week. Um, so let us begin with this. Uh, I want to start in the Wednesday afternoon game, right? Steelers and Ravens. It was in Pittsburgh. Steelers got the win against pretty much the steel, the, the Ravens backup team, right? <laughs> 1914. That was the final score between the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, and everybody's kind of freaking out a little bit because the Steelers over the past couple of weeks, they're trying to convince me that they've been underwhelming, right? The two games that they point out to me are week nine at Dallas and this week at home against the Ravens with no Lamar Jackson and a bunch of backups because 20 Baltimore Raven players had COVID. And there's, they're all trying to convince me that the Steelers aren't any good anymore. Okay, let me remind you, the Steelers are 11-0. and They're still the only undefeated team in the league. And we've been saying that the whole year. <laughs> They're 11 and 0. They haven't lost yet. And the rest of the season is not altogether that, that difficult. They get Washington, they get Cincinnati, they get Cleveland. It's not all they got two relatively tough games, right? At Buffalo, and then they play Indianapolis, which Again, the Indianapolis game could go either way. They're pretty good. They're not amazing, but they could steal a win. So 
people are telling me, oh, you're you're way, way, way too high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Why am I way too high? I always ask people, I say, look, why don't you believe in them? Why don't you believe? I, I was on the Steelers preseason. I said the Steelers are, they are going to be the team that nobody appreciates, but they're going to be really good next year. And I said that from the beginning, that they were playing with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback last year, and they were the first team out of the playoffs. They had the 20th pick in the draft last year. They were the first team out. I'm like, look, if you upgrade them at quarterback, they're easily a playoff team, at least a wild card team, because, you know, probably definitely a wild card team because the Ravens were surreal last year. But I kept telling people, Pittsburgh is going to be the real deal. And I was right. Pittsburgh, I didn't expect Pittsburgh to be this good. I didn't expect them to be 11 and all. I didn't expect them to be the best team in the NFL. But I did think that they were going to be good and they were going to be a, a, a legitimate playoff team. And I did think they had a good chance to win the division. I was right. But people are trying to convince me today. They're saying, oh, but but Guido, you're 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 way too high. They're 11 and 0. It's not a real 11 and 0. They're why aren't they? They've beaten good teams, right? They've been they have, they've beaten good teams. And again, like I said, they haven't lost you. You don't, you don't lock yourself into 11 and 0. I always ask people, okay, what is it specifically that you don't like about the Steelers? What like like if there is a thing that if they are not perfect, if their 11 and 0 isn't real, it's not a real 11 and 0. You can't feel confident in their undefeated record. Then tell me why. What is it about them you don't like? And they they can never tell me. It's always, I don't know, man. I just, I watch them and, you know, it doesn't, you know. Look, not everybody can have an offense like the Chiefs and a defense like the 85 Bears. The Steelers are not perfect, but they are 11 and 0. They are really good. How many teams in the NFL today are better than the Steelers? How many teams can you say are even in the argument that are better than the Steelers? Okay, you can make the argument that Kansas City is better. You can make the argument that the New Orleans Saints are better. After that, who is it? You think Buffalo's better? Do you think that Tampa's better? You think Green Bay is better? Like of those that next tier of tier teams, you think Seattle is better? Who would be better than the Steelers other than maybe the Saints and maybe the Kansas City Chiefs? After that, you got nobody. I mean, those are the three best teams in the NFL. The Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Saints. Those are the three best teams in the NFL, and I think everybody would agree on it. Why would you tell me that the Steelers aren't for real? And Colin Cowherd went on his radio show this week and told me the Steelers aren't a Super Bowl team. How ridiculous is that? They are 11-0. and zero. They are 11-0. and 0. They're the only undefeated team left. They have the number one overall defense in the NFL. 
The Steelers have the number one defense in the entire NFL. They have a top 10 offense, top 10 total offense. They have the number one scoring offense in the NFL. What's the problem? We knew last year that this roster was talented. We understood that last year they were working with (laughs) very little at quarterback. Very little. But they were well coached. They run the ball well. They've got good weapons, a great offensive line, and they got a great defense from top to bottom. At all three levels, they have a really good defense. Pass rush, interior D-line, linebackers, secondary, They're legit. They have everything. There isn't a hole on that roster. Point it out to me. And then all they needed to do was add Big Ben at quarterback instead of Mason Rudolph, and now they're better. (laughs) And people are surprised by that. Wait a minute. They weren't sure if Big Ben was going to come back right from the injury. Dude... (laughs) Since when has Big Ben never not led a high-powered NFL offense? Ever since he was a rookie, Big Ben has led high-power, potent offenses. I I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) The Steelers are good. The numbers tell you. The roster tells you. History tells you. What? Why should I not put my faith in them? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to roll over everybody in the NFL. It's the NFL. Could they lose a playoff game? Yes, they could lose. Could they lose before the end of the season? Yes, they could. Okay, that week 14 game against Buffalo in Buffalo is a tough game. They might lose that one. But you're freaking out about the Steelers because... Two games were close when they probably shouldn't have been close. Right? Week nine at Dallas with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback was 24 to 19 Steeler win. Yeah, it was closer than everybody expected. It was closer than it probably should have been. But they still won the game. Okay? On Wednesday, in Pittsburgh against Baltimore, 19-14 final score. With Lamar Jackson out of the game, he didn't play. And a lot of Raven starters. Yes, should the game have been a little bit more of a blowout? Yes. But that's not the way it was. They won the game still, though. That's pretty cool. Mike Tomlin was pissed. Mike Tomlin called his team a JV team after the win against Baltimore. He was pissed about that win. Pissed about how that game turned out. And again, I get it. As a coach, you want your team to look like their record. You want the t- you want your team to look like they're not a fluke. And I get it. But look, not every game, okay, if you're expecting an undefeated team to just go out there, roll over everybody, every sh- every game is going to be 30 to 3, like that's not going to happen. The Chiefs have had close games this year. Not any team in the NFL is perfect. But the Steelers, from a roster standpoint, you can make the argument is the most complete in the NFL. They have one of the best coaches in the NFL that establishes one of the best cultures in the NFL. 
They have an experienced quarterback that puts up numbers and can provide a legitimate offense every single week. And they have the number one defense in the NFL. The Steelers, statistically this year, have the best defense in the NFL. Total defense, they're number one. They're number one. I don't know what to tell you, man. Seriously. They're good. I I don't know why that you're trying to convince me that I shouldn't believe in them. But it's funny because I want to shift to this, too. Um, You're trying to also convince me that the Browns are for real. Right? The Browns, they're in second place in the AFC North. They're eight and three. Everybody loves them. You know what I find funny about the Browns is that like people try to convince me that they're better than they are. But not only that, not only that, people try to convince me that they're kind that they're like the Chicago Cubs in baseball. Okay, the Cubs didn't win a World Series for a hundred years. The Cubs didn't win a World Series since like 1903 or something like that. They haven't won a World Series in over 100 years. And they finally won one in 2016, right? And it was a magical moment. It was so great. If you watch, if you are a fan of baseball, even kind of, the Cubs winning the World Series was one of the most awesome things you've seen in your sports life. It was, a, they broke a hundred year drought. Okay. It was incredible. The, The Cubs were given the nickname, you know, their nickname, the lovable losers, because they always lose, but everybody loves them. (laughs) They got no, they got a lot of likable guys. They're a likable organization. You know, they play in a historic stadium, right? Wrigley Field is amazing. I've been there. It's the most amazing stadium I've ever been to that you could just appreciate the history. The Cubs are so lovable. And people are trying to convince me that the Cleveland Browns are the lovable losers of the NFL. (laughs) They are. They're the Cubs. The the Cleveland Browns. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants them to win so bad. (laughs) Everybody wants the Browns to be the Cubs. They want to root for the Browns the same exact way. They feel as though the Browns are the lovable losers. But the thing about the Browns is that they're not lovable. Okay, their quarterback makes them not lovable. They have a couple of players on their team that makes them not lovable. Okay, Odell Beckham is not overly lovable. Miles Garrett, after his run-in last year with Mason Rudolph, made him not very lovable. They're not an overly lovable team. They're not cute. They're just whatever. They're interesting. But you're trying to convince me that the Browns are for real. Let me tell you the truth about Cleveland. The Browns, I mean. (sighs) Cleveland is one of those teams that, you know, likes to convince everybody that, 
they're the savior. They, <laughs> everybody on the Browns, just we are turning things around, and to a certain extent, they they are. Right, they're they're better. They're eight and three. But let me tell you the story about the Browns this year. Their three losses came against the three best teams that they've played all year. Week one at Baltimore, they got killed 38-6. to Week six against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 38-7. to And then week eight at home against Las Vegas, 16-6. to Those are their three losses. Oh, but Guido, you're not counting their wins. They What about their wins? Oh, let me tell you their wins. Home against Cincinnati, home against Washington, at Dallas, home against Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers. That was his worst game of the year. uh, At Cincinnati, home against Houston, home against Philadelphia, at Jacksonville. Those are their wins. That's Cleveland season for you. They're eight and three. And all of the teams that I just mentioned that they won, with the exception of Indianapolis, are well under 500. Well under 500. Indianapolis might make the playoffs. Might. But like I said, <clears throat> that week five win in Cleveland against Indianapolis was Phillip Rivers' worst game of the year, and I'm not exaggerating. 60-and-a-half passer rating, no touchdowns, two interceptions for Phillip Rivers in that week against the Browns. It was his worst game of the season. So, again, I do want to remind you that Cleveland's wins have come against bad football teams and their losses have come against the good football teams. Now, let me tell you why this is important. They play this week. They go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. They play the Titans this week. And then the following week, they're home against Baltimore. They have to win at least one of those two games. They have to prove to people that they can win a re- uh, win a football game against a real team. And Baker Mayfield also has to prove that he can win a football game against a real team. Baker Mayfield, this, let me just remind you of this. When Baker Mayfield came out of the draft, and he was the number one overall pick, and we were all blown away. Baker Mayfield, really? Baker Mayfield, his calling card was accuracy. His calling card was accuracy. He has a bottom five completion percentage in the NFL today. 61.2% completion percentage. 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, just about 2,100 yards in 11 games. He's throwing for 191 and a half yards per game. That's gradually gone down in his first three seasons. 266 his rookie year, 239 uh, last year, 
191 and a half this year. It's taken a dip every single year. So, look, we can you can try to convince me that the Browns are for real. But I'm not sure the Browns even think that they're for real. I'm not sure the Browns are going to tell. What happens if Cleveland loses this week? If Cleveland loses this week, they they play Tennessee. The, te- the Titans are good. The Titans are a good football team. They're going to make the playoffs. And they are going to, the Browns might have to play. If they, if the Browns do make the playoffs, which they likely will, they might have to play the Titans in the playoffs. You have to prove that you can beat at least some good teams. The Browns schedule this year has been an absolute cakewalk. And the couple of tough teams that they've played, including the teams in their division, they've lost. Philly stinks, Houston stinks, Dallas stinks, Cincinnati stinks. Their best win of the year was that one game against Indianapolis. That's it. That is their only good win on the year. Is their home game against Indianapolis where Phillip Rivers threw two picks. And no one and no touchdowns. So yeah. I'm a little worried. And I think the Browns are too. You think that they would move off of Baker Mayfield soon? Do you think that they would move off him? Because they have to think about themselves soon, right? Baker would be entering his fourth year. Gradually, his yards per game have gone down all three years. I mean, the Browns have a pretty complete roster, don't you think? Their offensive line is one of the highest graded in the NFL. The Browns' offensive line is good. Their offensive line is good. They've got good receivers. They have the best running game in the NFL, right? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're both outstanding. Their defense is good, especially when Miles Garrett's there. They're a complete team. Good secondary, good pass rush. This is a good team. It looks like Kevin Stefanski has the ear of the locker room. I was a little, I was questioning it a little bit, but it looks like Kevin Stefanski has done a nice job as their head coach. What else could be the problem? Okay, you've heard a lot of people within the NFL say, look, Baker Mayfield isn't as good as his numbers tell you. Or his numbers might tell you. He still plays very sporadically. He doesn't do well when there's pressure. He always escapes in the same direction. He always makes the same bad throw over and over and over again. These are not my words. These aren't my words. He turns the ball over too much still. In situations where he just can't. I'm not telling you that Baker Mayfield's bad. I'm telling you that at the end of this year, they make the playoffs, they take an early exit, and they realize that they haven't beaten any good teams this year. They beat all the teams that suck, but they haven't beaten any good teams this year. The Browns have to ask themselves a real question. Do we really have faith in this quarterback? Think about it. I I made this argument about Baker a while ago. And it was regarded as one of my better takes. A lot of people like it when I talk about this. 
But Baker Mayfield reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning. And a lot of people say, oh, what the hell are you talking Peyton Manning is hilarious. Baker Mayfield's hilarious. I, whenever a Baker Mayfield commercial comes on the television, I stop what I'm doing and watch it because it's funny. <laughs> okay, it's good. I like it. He's got a sense of humor. The one about the book club where he drops his keys under the gate when he's holding the grocery bags. Those are funny. I like those. The reason that people don't like Baker Mayfield is not really because he isn't likable. It's because he should be likable. You you realize how easy it was for Peyton Manning to be likable in the league? Give me an idea how easy it was for him because all he needed to do was be his funny, bright, you know, quick on his feet self. Baker Mayfield has those same qualities. The only thing that Baker Mayfield also has is he's a little snarky. He's a little not likable. Again, that's why I say it is Baker Mayfield that ruins the lovable loserness of the Browns. The Browns are, right? The, the Browns to me are, they should be a team that are like the Cubs. Okay, the lovable losers, the team that everybody should be rooting for because they've lost for such a long time. And boy, would it be cool and great to see them finally win. Baker Mayfield ruins that for me. He ruins it because I don't want to root for him. Okay, Baker Mayfield is overrated, but acts as if he's underrated. I don't like quarterbacks like that. So I think the Browns are going to have to have a serious conversation with themselves and make decisions on, is he going to be our guy going forward? I don't know if he is. Okay. Uh, I want to shift to this because we had a couple of developments within the New York Jets. I only want to talk about this for a couple of minutes. Um, so the Jets are 0-11. They're the worst team in the NFL. Um, they're more than likely going to get the number one pick. Uh, and it makes sense for them to get the number one pick. Quite frankly... I only think the Jets should take a quarterback if they get the number one pick. Jacksonville is a one-win team. It is possible for the Jets to not get the number one pick. And this is kind of where I want to steer this conversation. So Adam Gase, their embarrassment of a head coach. Um, the guy has no business being an NFL head coach. The guy I don't think has any business being a college head coach. The guy should not be a coach in the NFL. Okay. He could be a position coach. Maybe at some point he could become a coordinator again. But his performance with the Jets is going to sour a lot of NFL front offices. I have a, I, I have a feeling he's going to have a really hard time getting another job in the NFL, at least soon. Okay? Adam Gase has been an embarrassment for the Jets and an embarrassment for the league. Um, so... You and I can both tell, and it's pretty easy to tell, that the, Jet, the Jets didn't develop Sam Darnold well at all. They, they really didn't. It's so obvious to see that Adam Gase and the Jets did not develop Sam Darnold because 
we see glimpses of brilliance almost every single week, but he still kind of looks like a rookie, right? Sam Darnold still plays like a rookie. It's a problem when Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, who again are great prospects, and I think are going to be great NFL players. But it's a problem when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who are legitimately rookies, look more pro-ready and look more like veteran quarterbacks than your three-year starter. They look more ready than Sam Darnold as a player. And I don't think that that has to do with Sam Darnold's talent. It doesn't. I Look... In college, I was really iffy on Darnold. In the NFL, he shows me that he can play. I like Sam Darnold a lot, and I've I've defended him over and over and over again. And Adam Gase, you like I said, you and I can tell that they haven't developed him well. Adam Gase admitted it a couple of days ago. Said, yeah, I didn't do a good job developing him. Adam Gase knows that he's done. <laughs> okay. Adam Gase is not stupid. Adam Gase has to listen to New York sports talk local radio every single day. And I I live in New York. I can tell you firsthand, every single show that is New York-based on both the uh, WFAN, right, or ESPN, or all of the... Every single local sports New York radio station. Yeah, Adam Gase is gone. They're all calling for his job. Adam Gase is gone at the end of this year. Gone. He's gone. <laughs> and, and that's, look, Adam Gase knows it. Adam Gase knows that he is done. But let me tell you something. This is kind of interesting. Adam Gase did something, I think, pretty smart. And I'm not sure he tried to make it look like this. I'm not sure he tried to do it this way. But I think it actually could end up being a pretty smart move. I'm not going to lie. Adam Gay saying, I didn't do a good job developing him. I didn't do a good job. I messed up. He's got so much talent. I didn't do a good job developing that talent. I think that's going to raise the interest of some teams that are looking to trade for a quarterback. I really do. That is going to make some people say, well, look, anybody can do a better job than Adam Gase developing a quarterback because he'll tell you that you that he didn't develop him well, and every single team, every single person, every front office executive, every scout, every coach in the NFL is going to believe him. Is going to, yeah, you screwed that guy up, man. You screwed Sam Darnold. He should have been, Sam Darnold should have been something special in this league, and you screwed it up. Screwed it up. Every team would believe him. So, yeah, okay, here's your draft picks for Sam Darnold. Let's just pretend that the Jets get the number one pick. And they're taking Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is a once-in-decade prospect. 
they say, yeah, well, here you go. Here's your draft picks. We'll take the guy that you couldn't develop, and we'll, we'll turn him into our starting quarterback. And we'll sign him to an extension that's pretty cheap because he hasn't earned the money because you kind of screwed him over. So we'll get him for pretty cheap, and we'll just develop him and have him play quarterback, and let's try to win a Super Bowl with him. I think a lot of teams are going to look in that direction. Okay, don't be surprised <laughs> if if the Browns make a play. Don't be surprised if Indianapolis makes a play. Like There are going to be teams out there that are going to look at Sam Darnold and look at him as the answer. New England. Don't be surprised if, 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 if these places look to grab him in if the Jets get the number one pick. But it's also for this reason that I think the Jets, if they don't get the number one pick and they don't have the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence, that they shouldn't take a quarterback. I don't think Sam's the problem. And I don't, Adam Gase doesn't think he's the problem. And I don't think the NFL thinks he's the problem. I don't. His offensive line's terrible. His coach is terrible. His wide receivers are terrible. His running game is terrible. There's no thing, no thing around Sam Darnold in this offense. Nothing. If the the Jets need to invest legitimate assets in giving Sam Darnold some help, receivers, O-line, a running back, like real help, free agents, right? They signed Le'Veon Bell. They thought, yeah, that's going to be... Adam Gase never wanted him. He's out of town. That was short-lived. I mean, it's great. And Le'Veon Bell legitimately wanted to play for the Jets. And then, you know what? The guy felt unwanted by Adam Gase. He's just like, you know what? Get me out of here. I'm done. I'm done. He didn't even make a big stick about it. He's just like, look, I, I can't. I can't deal. I'm sorry, man. I tried. I felt for him. I really did. I gave Le'Veon Bell a lot of flack for holding up, uh, for holding out with the Steelers. I grew a liking to the guy. I really did. He was making no noise. Uh, he actually handled himself pretty, pretty well. I felt for him. I really did. But, I mean, this is insane. It's insane. Um. Okay, I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. That's American betting experts. You go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. Okay, so PointsBet, uh, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, all those. You pick among those gaming sites. You sign up. Then you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000, okay? That's $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. Make sure you take advantage of that while it still exists. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, all righty. Uh, we've reached that point uh, in the show. We do this every single Friday. We'll make our weekly NFL game picks. Uh, Finally, we've reached the final week in the NFL where teams are on a bye. Uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on a bye this week. So 
Those are your teams. Take a breather. You finally get your break. You're the last teams to get it, but you finally get your break. So Panthers fans and Buccaneers fans finally get a breather here. They are on a bye this week. Um, a lot of one o'clock games. Uh, we have a uh, Sunday night. We got two games on Monday, and then we have a game scheduled for Tuesday. Uh, and that's that was supposed to be the Thursday night game this week. That was going to be Cowboys and Ravens, uh, but that got moved to Tuesday because the Ravens had to play on Wednesday. So <laughs> the NFL schedule is getting all jumbled up, and I, a lot of people are getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated. I, I think everybody is a little uh, a little muffed at this, but we just got to be patient. We'll you know we'll get through this together. Um, but let us begin on Sunday. We'll start with the one o'clock games on Sunday. The New Orleans Saints are going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Saints right now are three-point favorites on the road. Saints right now sit at nine and two. Uh, the Falcons are four and seven. I think the Saints right now are the best team in the NFC. Uh, and I, with that being said, I am going to take the Saints to win on the road. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer for this. Still no Drew Brees uh, for the Saints. Taysom Hill should be starting at quarterback again. Uh, and look, so far, Taysom Hill has done a fine job at not killing them. Right? <laughs> like Taysom Hill has not played amazing at quarterback. He still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, but he's done a nice job at not losing them football games. So in his two starts, he's won both games. Uh, I think he's proving to the Saints now that he is not their future quarterback. Taysom Hill is not the future quarterback for the Saints. And I don't think really anybody genuinely thought he was like maybe some people in the NFL were actually just like, yeah, yeah, maybe I think, it, you know, he could really play. Uh, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's a, he's a good football player. That's really all he is. Um, but look, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons offense is good. They run the ball. Well, uh, look, if Julio Jones can, uh, come back and give them some spark in offense, uh, that'll make a huge difference, but I do think that New Orleans will win this game. Not a whole lot of defense being played. I'll say 34, I'll say 34 to 28 Saints over the Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, let's go to the Detroit Lions going to Chicago to play the Bears. The Bears right now are three-point favorites at home. Uh, Lions right now sit at four and seven. The Bears are five and six. Uh, these are two non-playoff teams, the two worst team, uh, the two I guess, worst teams in the NFC North. Uh, I am going to take the Bears at home. Look, it, it's really hard for me to take the Bears in almost any game just because, like, they are so bad at quarterback. Like, they, they need a reset at quarterback more than anybody else. They really do. Um, Mitch Trubisky is a bust. He's not any good. Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback in the league. He's a solid backup. Um, and look, like I, they just, they genuinely need a reset, but, uh, look, the lions just fired their head coach. The lions just fired their GM. Okay. Like the lions are cleaning house. They're obviously giving up on the season. Uh, Matt, I feel bad for Matt Stafford. He was never really provided much in Detroit, right? Megatron retired early. And that was, you know, that threw a monkey wrench into things. Um, I do think it's possible for the Lions to win this one, but the Bears, I think, this week. Matt Nagy, I, I have a feeling, is probably lit into them in practice <laughs> and just said, look, 
you know, we are not going to play this week like we did on uh, uh, on Sunday night against the Packers. We're just not going to play again like that, uh, where they did not show any effort, especially on defense. Uh, so I think the Bears' defense steps up a little bit. Again, they have talent, right? The, the Bears' defense, that's their one bright side. The Bears' defense is pretty good. So I am going to take the Bears, not a whole lot of offense. Uh, I'll say 17 to 13 Bears over the Lions in Chicago. Uh, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts are going to Houston to play the Texans. The Colts right now are three point favorites on the road. Colts are seven and four. Texans are four and seven. Um, I'm actually going to take the Texans at home here. Um, and I know people are going to call me crazy for that because look, the Texans have not been good this year. Bill O'Brien got fired. There's a big coaching vacancy. Romeo Cornell is, you know, decent in the interim, but he's not really an NFL head coach anymore either. Uh, but look, I have more faith in Deshaun Watson than I do in Phillip Rivers. I think that's really the, the key to the game there. Uh, I don't think the Houston Texans roster is better, but I do think that the Texans have the better quarterback. I think this is going to be one of those weird division games where the better team is going to go into the worst team's building and lose. Um, so, yes, I do think the Texans get a win here at NRG. Uh, look, I, this is going to be one of those wins where it's going to make the Texans look a little bit better than they actually are. Um, and it's going to make the Colts look a little worse than they actually are. Um, but this is a big, big game for Indianapolis. I just don't think that they can get it done. I like Houston in this one. Give me the Texans. I'll say, uh, I'll say 23 to 17, 23 to 17 Texans over Indianapolis in Houston. Um, uh, Let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders are going to New York to play the Jets. Uh, the Raiders are favored by eight. They're eight point favorites on the road. Raiders are six and five. The Jets are obviously are 0 and 11. Uh, I can't pick the Jets until they win one. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road. And again, this is a big one because the Raiders to me, they are a team that uh, is a, they're a playoff team to me. Now the standings, the AFC is tough this year. So the standings might not work out in their favor, but the Raiders play football like a playoff team. They do. They give the Chiefs a really tough time. They run the football really well. Derek Carr is having an amazing year uh, this year. The only real problem with the Raiders is that they're not very good against the pass. Their, their pass defense is not very good. They have holes in their secondary. Their pass rush is still extremely young, uh, so they need to get a little bit more experience, maybe a little bit more talent in that secondary. Uh, but I am going to take the Raiders. Look, the Jets just poor coaching. I just spent a, a, a few minutes on them. Poor coaching, an underdeveloped quarterback, uh, a very inconsistent defense. I like Sam Darnold, but th there's going to be a lot of pressure around this. Uh, so I am going to take the Raiders. I'll say, uh, I'll say 24 to 10 Raiders over the Jets. Uh, this is the big one. This is the big one o'clock game that everybody should be looking out for. The Cleveland Browns are going to Tennessee to play the Titans. Titans right now are five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, both teams sitting at eight and three right now. Uh, I am going to take the Titans at home. Uh, two amazing running games. This is going to be a battle of who can control the clock, right? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on Cleveland side, and then Derrick Henry for the Titans. 
This is going to be, these are two teams that heavily run the football, try to pound it down your throat. Um, and I think the Titans are going to get the best of them. I really do. Plus, I think that if they do need to resort to the passing game, I have more faith right now in Ryan Tannehill than I do in Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of pressure for the Browns this week. They really want to win this one. First of all, they want to stay in prime position for a playoff spot, but they also want to make sure it, they want to see if Baker Mayfield is their future quarterback. I think this game is going to tell you a lot about that. Um, but right now, I think the the Titans are a, a better all around football team. I have more faith in their uh, in their quarterback. I have more faith in their coaching staff. Uh, plus, Tennessee is at home. I think that gives them a slight advantage here. Plus, last year Tennessee got the best of Cleveland. I'm going to take the Titans. I think this is going to be a close game, but a good game. I'll say 27 to 24. Titans over the Browns in Tennessee. Uh, let's go. We got two more, two more one o'clock games left. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to Miami to play the Dolphins. The Dolphins right now are 11 and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Bengals sit at two, eight and one. The Dolphins are seven and four. I think a lot of people were looking forward to Joe Burrow versus Tua. Um, but <laughs> we're definitely not getting that. It actually might be Brandon Allen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. So <laughs> we might get something completely different than what we were expecting. Uh, this was going to be a really interesting game if it was going to be Joe Burrow versus Tua. Uh, and we were expecting both of these teams to be bad. But Miami is actually a legitimately good football team. I am going to take the Dolphins in this one. I don't know if the Bengals are going to win another game all year. I just don't. Without Joe Burrow at quarterback, I just... I, I don't think they win another game. Brandon Allen's not any good. Neither is Ryan Finley if they go that direction at quarterback. Uh, the roster isn't good enough for Cincinnati to rebound on its own. Plus Miami, I think is Miami is one of the more well-coached teams in the league. Brian Flores has done such a good job with them. Um, plus, again, even if it's, if it's Fitzpatrick or Tua playing, they're going to have the upgrade at quarterback. They just are. They're going to have the, the edge there. Uh, the roster is better. The, Miami has one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have a top five overall defense. Uh, they run the ball pretty well. I think this is going to be a relatively lower scoring game, but I do think Miami wins pretty handsomely. I'll say uh, I will go 21 to six Dolphins over the Bengals in Miami. Uh, all right, last one o'clock game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Vikings right now are 10-point favorites at home. Jaguars sit at 1-10. and 10. The Vikings are 5-6. and six. The Vikings are going to get back up to 500 here. I'm going to take the Vikings. Um, look, uh, the Jacksonville gave up on Gardner Minshew. They're rolling with Jake Luton at quarterback, and Jake Luton has been terrible. 54-and-a-half <laughs> quarterback rating so far this year. Two touchdowns, six picks. Uh, he has not been good. Uh, Kirk Cousins, however, I think has been very good this year, given uh, the Vikings' bad record. But look, Minnesota, if they win this game, can put themselves actually in a position to sneak into the playoffs. They really can. Dalvin Cook has been wrecking the NFL they should. The Vikings should be getting Adam Thielen back this week, which is going to help a ton. But look, this is a. I don't. I, I. I said from the beginning. I don't think the Vikings are a bad football team. I think they got off to a really bad start, um, and it shows. I. I think it shows the fact that the Vikings are four and one in their last five games. They're really starting to come back. Uh, keep this in mind too. My buddy brought this up to me yesterday, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Jacksonville traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Vikings. 
the Vikings were one in five, right? They were one in five with Yannick Ngakwe. They then traded Ngakwe to the Ravens, uh, and now the Ravens are one in four with Ngakwe. I think that's amazing to me because the the Ravens started out five and one without Yannick Ngakwe are now one in four with Yannick Ngakwe. The Vikings were one in five with Yannick Ngakwe and now are four and one without him. Uh, it tells you something a little bit about that. But listen, this game's pretty simple to me. Uh, give me the Vikings over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Minnesota. Uh, this will be a big, big win for uh, for Minnesota. I'm going to say 33. I'll say 33 to 10 uh, Vikings over the Jags. All right, we move to the 4 o'clock games. The L.A. Rams are going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Right now, the Rams are three-point favorites on the road. Uh, Rams are 7-4. and four. Cardinals are 6-5. and five. I'm going to take the Cardinals at home. I think this is... This is going to be the point in the season where the Rams start to slow down, uh, and they're prone to it. Look, I, I never thought the Rams roster was very good. They have a lot of high-paid players. They're very top-heavy. Okay, it's all about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Jared Goff, and like that's their roster. They paid. They've paid a lot of money to a couple of players, and the rest of their roster is pretty mediocre. So. I think the Cardinals have a better overall roster. Kyler Murray, I think, has had a better year than Jared Goff this year. Look, I, I think Sean McVay could probably find a way to win this game coaching because I still think he's brilliant. But these are two young, offensive-minded coaches. Arizona is going to be at home. Uh, like I said, Kyler Murray is going to be in the MVP conversation when it comes to the end of the year. Uh, I think Arizona is going to win this game. They pull even. Both of these teams will be 7-5 and five by the end of the night. Uh, I am going to take Arizona over the Rams. Let's say 26 to 20 Cardinals over the Rams in Arizona. Uh, okay. We'll go to the New York Giants are going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks right now are 10 point favorites at home. Giants are four and seven. The Seahawks are eight and three. Both of these teams, remember this four and seven and eight and three. Both of these teams are in first place in their division. <laughs> the Giants are winning the NFC East, and the Seahawks are in front in the NFC West. Uh, yeah, this one's pretty easy. Give me the Seahawks at home. Uh, Russell Wilson still in the MVP conversation. And I know the Giants are kind of cool right now, but Daniel Jones has not been amazing this year. I think they're well coached. I really do. Uh, Joe Judge, I think, has done a nice job with the Giants. Uh, but the Seahawks, to me, just... the. The roster's better, even though I don't think the Seahawks roster is any good. But the roster is better in Seattle. They clearly have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. I, I, they might be getting Josh Gordon back. I'm not sure if Josh Gordon plays this week or if he plays next week. But Josh Gordon just got reinstated. That's another weapon for Russell Wilson. Uh, so this one's not really going to be close to me. Uh, give me the Seahawks. I'll say 31-16 to 16 Seahawks over the Giants in Seattle. Uh, okay, let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles are going to Green Bay to play the Packers. The Packers right now are nine-point favorites at home. Three, seven, and one are the Eagles. The Packers are eight and three. Uh, look, uh, the Packers are going to win this game. The Eagles this year are a mess. Okay, Carson Wentz has been atrocious this year. Uh, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions for Carson Wentz this year. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's been sacked 46 times this year. 
Uh, he's throwing at deck chairs. I mean, he, he really doesn't have any receivers either. The coaching hasn't been good in Philadelphia. Everything is going wrong for the Eagles this year. And Green Bay is picking up where they left off for the most part uh, since last year. They run the football well. Aaron Rodgers is having a phenomenal season. 33 touchdowns and four interceptions this year for Aaron Rodgers. It's been incredible to watch him kind of reemerge. Uh, he's having one of the better years he's had in his career. That defense in Green Bay is really good. Green Bay has it all kind of put together. I'm going to say the Packers win this one. I'll say 27-17 Packers over the Eagles. Uh, all right, last 4 o'clock game. The New England Patriots are going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Uh, this game is a pick -em right now. No team is favored. Uh, Patriots right now sit at 5-6. and six. The Chargers are 3-8. and eight. It's, you know, <laughs> you get so accustomed to picking the Patriots in games like this. I'm going to go against that. I'm going to take the Chargers at home. Uh, look, the Chargers coming off a tough loss to Buffalo this uh, this past weekend. Uh, Justin Herbert has been fantastic as a rookie, and that's more than I can say for Cam Newton. Cam Newton has been awful this year. Four touchdown passes in 11 games. It's just, it's been terrible. Four touchdown passes, nine interceptions for Cam Newton. They just don't have the quarterback. I think they have long-term success this year. Uh, I don't think the Patriots right now are a playoff team. They're just, they're, I think their coach is outstanding. Their defense is really good. I think a lot of things are really good about the Patriots, but when your quarterback is playing that bad, it's really hard to pick you in anything. Um, and I think the Chargers are better than what their record shows. Their defense is still pretty good. Uh, They've got weapons on the outside. Austin Eckler is back, so they're finally going to have a running game. And Justin Herbert's been amazing uh, as a rookie. Their offensive line is, is, is a little tough, but the Patriots' pass rush is not really amazing. I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I'll say, uh, I will say 26, I'll say 26 to 17 Chargers over the Patriots in Los Angeles. All right, we move to Sunday night football. The Denver Broncos are going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs right now are 14-point favorites at home. Um, Broncos sit at 4-7. and seven. The Chiefs are 10-1. and one. Uh, Look, the Broncos really got screwed last week, right? <laughs> okay, they had to start Kendall Hinton at, uh, at quarterback, who's not even a quarterback. He's a wide receiver. He had one completion uh, last week. I felt really, really bad for the guy. Uh, and now they have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, <laughs> okay, in, in Kansas City. Okay, that's that's really, really tough. Uh, so this one's easy. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I have no idea who's going to be playing quarterback for the for the Broncos. I'd imagine if the quarterbacks are allowed to come back, Drew Locke will be starting at quarterback, but I'm not even certain about that. Uh, but look, it, the Chiefs right now, you can make the argument, are the best team in the NFL. Their offense is so incredibly good. Uh, they run the ball really well. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes isn't human. Denver right now, they're hurt. They're just not playing good football. They're kind of a mess right now. Their ownership's a bit of a mess. Uh, so, yeah, this one's pretty easy. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home. This one will not be close. I'm going to say 38-9. to nine. I'll say 38-9. to nine. Chiefs blow out Denver. This will not be a close game on Sunday Night Football. Um. You know what? I'll do this. I, I'll actually, I'll spend the next couple of minutes picking the rest of the games, um, and I'm sure I'll talk about them again on Monday. Uh, two games on Monday, a 5 o'clock game and an 8 o'clock game. The Washington football team, I'll just give you a little bit of a pick here, just my first impressions. The Washington football team 
are going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Uh, Steelers right now seven point favorites at home. Washington sits at four and seven. The Steelers are eleven and zero. The Steelers are going to get their twelfth win here. I, I think this is going to be a pretty easy one for them. Uh, look, Washington, uh, they they are. Look, I'll say this: Ron Rivera has done an amazing job. He really has. Washington has no business being even nearly as good as they are. Seriously, I, I was expecting Washington to be the second or so worst team in the NFL, and they're just not. Okay, Washington's a relatively competitive team every single week, despite their record. Uh, they don't have a quarterback, obviously. They're going to move off Dwayne Haskins, but Washington has done a really nice job. Ron Rivera's done a really nice job with them, but the Steelers are the Steelers. They're undefeated. They're undefeated for a reason. Uh, I'll take the Steelers in that one. Uh, let's, I'll say, uh, let me, I'll go. Uh, 27, 13 Steelers over the, uh, over Washington, uh, the Monday night game, the Buffalo bills are going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. The 49ers right now are one point favorites at home bills right now sit at eight and three. The Niners are five and six. Look, I'm going to take Buffalo. I just, I, I just think, look, the bills defense is just fantastic. It just is. I, I don't think that Nick Mullins is going to be able to muster up enough in this offense, especially with a hurt running back and who knows is going to be playing wide receiver. No George Kittle. I just I don't think that there's going to be enough offensive firepower for San Francisco, even with the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan. I just don't think that there's enough offensive firepower to get this offense over the hump. Uh, plus, Josh Allen's been fantastic this year. That defense is amazing. They have another, the Bills have another level to that offense that they haven't had in years. Stephon Diggs has been great this year for them. Uh, look, I, I'm going to take Buffalo here. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do think that Buffalo gets the win. Uh, I'm going to say 23, I'll say 23 to 23 to 16 Bills over the 49ers on Monday Night Football. And then the Tuesday night game. The Dallas Cowboys are going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. I don't see a line on it, uh, but right now the Cowboys are three and eight. The Ravens are six and five. Uh, regardless of who is starting in this game, I am going to take the Ravens. Uh, if Lamar Jackson plays, is going to be a, an absolute blowout. Uh, so give me the Ravens. Their roster is better. They're I, I think they're more well coached. Uh, they're obviously going to have the upgrade at quarterback. Um, they run the football really, really well, at least as well as the Cowboys do. Uh, the defense is better. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons to pick the Ravens in this one. Uh, so I am going to take the Ravens over the Cowboys on Tuesday. I'll say, uh, give me, I'll say 28 to 14 Ravens over the Cowboys on Tuesday. All right. That does it for us. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. You got us every Monday and Friday from two o'clock to three o'clock Eastern in the afternoon on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Go to LandryFootball.com. Make sure you check out all of this stuff. You can catch me on social media at MikeGuido49. That's at MikeGuido49 on social media. You'll be able to find me. Uh, but as for us, this has been Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. We'll see you on Monday.